Art and Bullshit Podcast. Art and Bullshit You are now podcast. rocking with the best. Art and Bullshit Podcast. Yo, man, we back, y'all, for another week on Time on Schedule, episode 92 of the Art MBS Podcast, the podcast by artists for artists and art lovers. I am your host, James Drills. Let's get some housekeeping out the way. Shouts to the cats over on Apple holding us down. Hit us with that five star and that review. We battling these podcasts and networks, these suckers and these cats with celebrity. All of them cats we battling. Um, Shouts to the cats over on Spotify. Hit us with that follow. We'll see you at the end of the year and the wrapped up. Five niggas over on Patreon, man. <laughs> Stay six feet apart. Wash your hands before and after you hit that. Keep the hand sanitizer on deck. Regardless if you vaxxed or not, y'all know what's popping. Listeners on the web, I see you. Pull your socks up. Let's get to the housekeeping, man. Listen. Wait, we already did the housekeeping. So announcements is next. We still got books for sale. We still got paintings on shirts, coffee cups, socks, all that good stuff on the Teespring. You want some uh, paintings? I, I might have those too, right? Um, plugs. Yo, check out Wild Style Signs if you need business cards, stickers, you know what I'm saying? Prints, posters, things at high quality, low cost. Hit them up. Tell them James sent you. If you guys are in the marketplace for some hand-blown glassware, you tired of that home goods BS, hit up Aspen Hand over on Instagram and on the web. Tell them James sent you too. You know how we do it, man. The plugs is all high quality, man. We don't mess with that janky stuff around here. Man, listen. We back kicking it resilient. Uh, special shout outs to this week's guest, Clayton Singleton. Happy birthday to you, brother. Um, yeah, so you guys hit up Clayton. Tell him happy birthday. It's his birthday Monday, man. Mm. We should probably get to the music, huh? You saw me just get out of the whip. I mean, it, I mean, we here. Eel nigga alert. Eel nigga alert. Yep, let's get to the music. We're not even going to hold y'all doing no long drawn out. Whoop, whoop, womp, womp. Ah, ah, ah. First time listeners, we appreciate y'all for coming out. Returning family members, y'all know the vibes. You know how I'm giving it up. Art and Bullshit Podcast. Art and Bullshit Podcast. Ease y'all into this one. Art and Bullshit Podcast. I've been so many places I've seen so many things But none quite as lovely as you Art and Bullshit Podcast Podcast family, what up? Painters, where you at? All my creative individuals getting it, I see you And and pleasure can't forget the cats out there getting that higher education, man. It's a marathon and not a sprint, fam. My latest, my greatest inspiration. Art and Bullshit Podcast. You're upset, Rock, with some Teddy Auto, man. Come on. Things never looked clearer. Peace within never felt nearer. My burn's gone. It's turned into a song. Beautiful summers, man. We got clear skies in some parts. We got cloudy skies in other parts. Whatever type of sky you got, enjoy that bit. Going to VA today, man. Norfolk. 
Stand up. And my greatest, my latest, my greatest inspiration. Art and Bold Fit Podcast. Smoke it if you got it, sip it if you got it. All that I have, I'll be everything. All my niggas with that Americano was popping. All my cats with the dirty chai, I see you, young breve. Keep it grimy. All my niggas with the halal macchiato, keep it player, man. And to the cats with that drip, with that drip coffee, man, keep it grimy. I've been so many places. I've seen so many things. Art and Goldfit podcast. Right? So you can't even talk to ladies like more that. Beautiful than the you know what I'm saying? You just talking more that talk. Than gold. Mm-hmm. Art and Gold Fit Podcast. Art and Gold Fit Podcast. My greatest inspiration. Art, art, You inspire. Slow down, ladies, where you at? Breaking hearts and breaking pockets. I see you holding it down, all the quality ladies. You know what I'm saying? We appreciate you. We're about to take the to, uh, VA, man. Let's, let's, let's head out. Art and Art and Goldstick Podcast. Here we go. Art and Goldstick Podcast. Let's head over to VA, y'all. If you know, you know. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. We able to get my shit off. Art and Goldstick Podcast. VA, where you at? I'm not playing with y'all. Where the 18 wheelers at? Vazo, you know what I'm saying? All my cats who's moving things. I drug dealers ringing off. I just happen to be alumni. Too legit, they still looking at me with one eye. The company I keep is not corporate enough. Child rebel soldier, you ain't often enough. A rapper turned trapper can't morph into us. But a trapper turned rapper can morph into puff. Yo, we are here, man. Episode 92. Keeping it consistent. Wearing down the persistence and the resistance. However it goes, you know. You all get a bird. This nigga Oprah. That's kept secret. It's like a fucking emerald in a coal mine. Know what I mean? We over here shining on these niggas. Russell Harris was popping. Auntie Pat, what's up? Unc, I see you. Then had to wait Do you this want to wait? You know, you know When we all clicking like Golden State And you and your team are the motorcade You know, Art you know Being granting wishes like a genie To bad hoes in two-piece bikinis mm-hmm. hey. I've been hiding where you can see me Summertime Art and Golden State Podcast 
Solely responsible for showing rappers how to stand on the front lines when trappers started throwing bands. Where were you when Big Meech brought the tigers in? Cause I was busy earning stripes like a tiger skin. Niggas might have been pulling cards. We're not gonna talk about that though. Shout out to all my graffiti writers keeping it grimy. Coming up with racket scams to keep it fresh. Bring them home, man. I feel like we need to come back to the West, though, man. Just let these cats really know, like. I'm not playing, you know what I'm saying? You can't buy flavor, you cannot get it in a catalog, my nigga. It's not add water pellets, none of that. We we be with it. So yeah, let's bring it back to uh the West Coast. Ain't doing this over there. Giving honor to God and all the ministers on the pulpit. Usher, deacons. Turn me up. You and them company so cars. You know what I'm saying? Some four-wheel drive. Yeah. We'd like to welcome y'all inside this RNG. Rhythm and Got that coupe, what you spinning? Such a you are now rocking with the best. In the beginning, as a child, I was chosen, though not no one believed. What's up, man? Happy birthday. Whatever the purpose, I surfaced above the fall. Love was given to all outside, living the fall. As an adolescent, one black child, I had a message to reach, teaching the masses. Created in the form of a rap. I'm young, living in the city of Jackson, gang banging and dope dealing. Cold feeling to be a product of niggas around you. Once you get on top, they down you. But the temptation got me. The streets caught me watching. I found myself grinding on the streets quite often. With Art a blue rag banging the dub on fifth coffin. At the spot, 61st lonely mm -hmm. blocks from the east side. Where most of the big homies had a Glock and lost a G. West Coast, where you at? Hands, but it wasn't no peace signs. Never for a second did I think to let my light shine. Hard headed, thought I was grown. Messing up, disrespecting my home. Not caring about what mom was saying. And then I Art found out that mom wasn't playing. Today, I loved you for it. Back then, I couldn't understand. Get my life right, step it up. Nigga, be a man. Never be a victim. Of what the system might hit you with. Through the stripes, still gotta shine my light. Talk to him, Snoop. To comprehend the game. My name is Big Snoop Boss Dog. Just a block and a phone call away. I've the status of a modern day John Baptist, I'm preaching just what I practice to each and all. Art I got a world from the beach to across the globe. Men, women, young and old, don't gain the war. Lose your soul despite many circumstances. Dog, it's gonna shine my light as I go. And the people that is locked up, locked down. Yo, man, we here to bring y'all some more content. Every week, depend on us, know what I mean? Oil change. Yo, yo, get some art and BS in your life, you bound to have problems. You know what I mean? Art and Goldfit Podcast. Art and Goldfit Podcast. It's an episode. You guys know what time it is. Enjoy. Art and Goldfit Podcast. Art and Bullshit Podcast.
Welcome to episode 92 of the Art and BS podcast, the podcast by artists for artists and art lovers. I am your host from the West Coast, broadcasting from the slums of the Cultural Arts District, Broadway Studios. We're in Fresno, California, you guys. We have a special guest tapping into the podcast today, all the way from the great state of Virginia, man. We're going to get to that in a second. This man is an abbot when it comes to the acrylics he's a baron when it comes to the brushes man you you've seen the the figurative work he's filthy got some great concepts we're really going to get to that i'm excited to introduce and please guys give a warm round of applause for clayton singleton hey clayton how you doing today Man, I'm doing all right. How about yourself? How you feeling? Wonderful. Thanks for coming out. No problem. No problem. It's a beautiful thing. Fantastic. So, you know, we have a general um, question that we like to get uh, out there. So then that way we can kind of get the ball rolling with the art and BS guests, you know, and after you make it through the obstacle course, you will become part of the alumnus. Uh, so Clayton, inquiring minds would like to know, what was your first memory seeing art? Man, my first, my first, first, first memory. I would have to say I was about six years old. And uh, we had copies of the um black the um African kings and queens. Mm. Uh, Budweiser put out these prints like back in the day. Yep. And mm-hmm. so so um we actually had a set of them, you know. And um, I used to sit with my mom and my grandmother and my brother, and my sister, and we would like go through these, you know, and, you know, we would talk. And of course, we had to read the prints. That was like part of our like learning um, uh, situation, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, that was like my very first like seeing actual artwork in a way that uh, was meant to be seen by viewers, not just happen to see like, you know, in a picture book and um, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, that was that was like my very first, first experience. And then, of course, you know, I had a few more soon, soon um, thereafter that were rather impactful. But um, that was definitely the first time. Yeah, that's that's really interesting because I remember seeing the Budweiser African Kings and, and Queens like what? Because I remember they had like the guy from Ethiopia and there was like different um there were different like kings on there and right you bringing that up makes me want to go and research and see who was the illustrator for that project or who do you know like several artists okay there were like several artists um and which i only know that because later in life i wanted to have a set um of my own and you know share with um my kids and whatnot Mm -hmm. and so uh i think it was like 20 artists maybe Mm helped to actually make that happen because they had different artists working on different paintings and whatnot, you know? Uh And so it's still a dope collection. It's still a dope collection. You could probably like still order it, Mm. you know? Yeah. I'm going to have to look into that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that, That was pretty, that was pretty dope. So now does the creative gene run in your family? Yes. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Um, although, Nobody really um, took to it how I did, you know, they um, did, uh, I guess, what you call the uh, safer route, 
mm-hmm. know what I mean? Got that job at the shipyard mm-hmm. or either um, went to school for like a trade or just stayed in college or just whatever. But, you know, my like, uncle, he can draw. Uh, wow. That um, almost links to like early in life, too. Uh, he used to live at my grandmother's house, of course. Right. Mm-hmm. Upstairs in his bedroom, he had painted these red faces and hair and arms that like sprawled across the ceilings, right? Wow. So it's like these like um the a uh, little like tilted part, and it would just go from like one side to the other, and it was this light blue wall with these uh rose red and rose burgundy figures with just head, hair, and arms moving all across the surface. You mm. know what I mean? Yeah, and it was it was just so dope. It was so dope. My mom, she could draw a bit, but um, she like did more writing. My dad did like writing. Um, I got a couple of cousins that are that like also can do drawings and whatnot, you know. Mm-hmm. But I was like the only one that was like, yeah, let me go ahead on and um pay the rent like this. Okay. You know. So now, when you looking back and thinking about like, because essentially you had early access to interior murals through your uncle. Like there's a mm-hmm. mural in the home and it's like, wow, grandma, like somehow grandma let him get away with that. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> shout out to grandmas for holding us down for being <laughs> grand. Right. Cause grandmothers right. are grand, right? Grandmothers are grand. Shout mm-hmm. out to Alma Williams in the house. I feel you. Mm-hmm. So now seeing that, like, was that, uh, was that around the same time as you were, introduced to the kings like the budweiser series or yes. was that before okay that was around the same time that was around the same time mm-hmm. and and which you know i feel so fortunate that i had like a really dope upbringing and it's crazy because i happen to live where i live right mm-hmm. so so my um grandparents moved into the neighborhood and that was going through like some on uh, white flight stuff right so it's like when um they moved in with, with like my aunt and like a few of their friends and bought houses, people left the area. So point of that is that they've always been in this situation of bringing us to a point of having access to things. Mm-hmm. So so um, we had a full set of the world book, the um what do you call those? Um, Britannica Encyclopedia. Encyclopedia Britannica. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. Um. My mom used to bring home those paint by number oil kits, mm. which was dope. And then on top of that, we have the Chrysler Museum of Art. So I'm there around probably like age seven or so, maybe age eight, but age seven feels right because they used to take us on trips. And plus, we used to just go sometimes. And I saw my very first Barkley Hendrix painting, mm. and it's of a guy. The um, piece is called Slip, and it's just this huge, huge, larger-than-life, like, seven-foot-tall painting of this black guy wearing all white with glasses and a beard with his hands behind his back just chilling. You feel me? Yeah. And it just reminded me of some of the people that used to come by the house because, you know, my mom had people come to the house and whatnot, and they would have their little get-togethers and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But it was just cool to see us on the wall like that you know 
it was just fabulous. Like I was just fortunate to be in the right place in the right time. And you were like, you said around seven or eight years old at the time. Seven, eight years old at the time. You know what I mean? You know, Chrysler Museum was dope because, you know, it it had sculptures all outside. And I remember there was a sculpture of this muscular black figure, you know, and people used to complain because he was nude, Mm. you know. And it was just this huge dude, and he was up for like a long time, and then they moved him. But it was just like just having access to the arts is like was right Which there. Which is and interesting then, you because know. you think about like uh, any like like David, you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of classical works from like Michelangelo right. or Bernini, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like right, love Bernini. Right. So, but but then you let us model for it, and then it hit different. It hit different. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's crazy. Because, you know, um, I don't know how much you know about Norfolk, Virginia, but it's like, this is like the cradle of, um, you know. Civilization uh, of America, uh, right? We didn't land on Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock landed on us. Landed on us, like literally. You know what I mean? Um, It's crazy because that's just what this area is. I mean, you know, um, Jamestown is like 40 minutes away. Yorktown is right up the street from that. Hampton and um, Fort um. Monroe is like right across the bridge. Norfolk Harbor is right here. Mm. Like Chesapeake Bay is right here. Pocahontas was like up the street. Like it's just crazy to be able to have access to these things that are here, you know? And so right place, right time. And I was fortunate enough to be able to have these books and the libraries and all that kind of thing. Well, and that's the thing, Clayton. Um, you know, I, I oftentimes mention I did a, a run of black painters during February and it's interesting to see accessibility in our lives and oftentimes right. like you know I think that you were blessed enough to have a you know a mother grandmother like a family unit that embraced or actually I wouldn't even say embrace the the museum but I would say um understood the importance of getting you into that sort of like institution so you could absorb the culture exactly. right exactly so um i feel like a lot of times and you had said it earlier on you were like you know cats got to make that check like what's popping with the shipyard like you know what i'm saying right so right. And i mean i know my dad he worked on like spas and like stuff like that you know what i'm saying like doing like mechanical type stuff so there was never a uh like hey let's go to the museum or anything like that it was always <laughs> right, like right, right. i gotta get this loot like you want to spend some time like help me fix your mom's right. car <laughs> Right, 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 right. <laughs> Type right, stuff, right, you know, right. or like go play like some games of Blackbeards or something. But there was never like, hey, let's go to a museum institution. And I think that it's important. And that's one reason that I lo- love doing this podcast is I get to talk about art, especially with people from our community and show that like, yeah, we actually do have a love for the fine arts. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm curious my about it. Mm-hmm. So outside of Berkeley Hendrix, who are some of the other painters that you rock with or, or I would say influenced you coming up, man. Um, watch me. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Bob Ross, right? Yeah. Crazy. But Bob mm-hmm. Ross was on the TV in mm-hmm. the house. Nice. Painting. You feel me? Nice. So, um, Bob Ross was always dope. Um, Max Beckman, I love Max Beckman. Just, just, just like 
his use of line and his raw emotion just really do it for me, mm-hmm. you know. Um, another artist that used to really, really kick hard for me. Crazy, crazy, crazy enough. I came across a piece of artwork as a kid. I guess I was in like junior high school. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a basic landscape. Reminded me of Bob Ross. Guy named Barkley Sheiks painted this piece, right? Mm-hmm. And and like I remember it clear as day. It was like this landscape with the little um, Queen Anne's lace flowers in the field, which is, a, which is like a big thing around here. And it had this cool, cool, cool little small animal over in the corner. Mm. And that piece just stuck with me. It stuck with me. Man, fast forward when I got to college and got to be a junior and changed my major to art. Why was this dude my teacher? Ooh, let's make some noise for that. So did you like get starstruck? How was the relationship? Man, this dude was like, it was almost like I'd always known him. Mm. You feel me? And what was cool about him is that, which I didn't know at the time, but he had his own little show like Bob Ross did, but it just wasn't on our PBS channel, right? It was so, on like public access or something crazy. Right, mm-hmm. right. You feel me? So we're talking and he was like, show me something. You know, just, you know, just in his little casual, I'm chilling way. Life mm-hmm. is grand for me. I hope it is for you. You know, show me something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, you know, I showed him a little something quick, 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 whatever. He's like, oh, that's nice. Dude, just walks away. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm not that hot, you know. Mm-hmm. But what I found out is that he was the perfect kind of a teacher that he would guide you. He wouldn't teach you. Feel mm-hmm. me? Yeah. That it wasn't like uh, making you work like he works. He would help you work how you work. Mm-hmm. It's just flavor. It's so flavor. Just so flavor. Well, because the you know, thing is, when when I hear you say that, it's like I don't want you solving the problem how I solve it. Because once I'm not here, then you're gonna get stuck. You need to figure out exactly. how to solve this problem on your own. Exactly. Cre- creative, critical thinking, right? Mm-hmm. So, so like you know, that was like really, 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 really dope. You know, but um, far as like other artists and like artwork. A piece that really stood out for me, and this just sounds crazy again, mm-hmm. but I call it art. You know how in the um, encyclopedias back in the day, uh, or maybe not, they had these on transparency pages, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like you could build a person. Yep. Yeah, we have the skeletal a, system and exactly, have like the, the digestive system and nervous exactly. system, respiratory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That plays a part, like, in my work now. Like, that whole process of, like, layering one thing on top of the other, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so it just sits with me, and I recognize that one day, you know? Uh, Tiffany lamps were, like, a big deal for me, too, because, um, again, going to the Chrysler, they, they like, have all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and I was really struck by the actual design quality these um, small weavings of glass that, that just stayed with me and just really stayed with me. So I'm curious because you had said you, you ended up changing your major. 
what was mm-hmm. like the what was the tipping point that made you say okay i'm gonna go in this direction i had got <laughs> i was tired of doing math right mm. because when i went to college i went with the intent on being a math major because you know i was pretty good in math in high school and whatnot and so i figured yeah let me go do this let me go do this math thing because I had taken a couple art classes in high school because I stopped playing cello because I didn't want to play cello anymore because I had been playing that since I was about eight years old. How you right? feel about eight. clarinet players real quick? I mean, you know, clarinet players, little, they a little um, extra at times, but they cool people. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like just because you got that sweet little melody riff don't mean nothing right now. Because um, I got this G string, you feel me? <laughs> you know, I got a whole boat over here, but y'all hot when y'all on the field. Though. I appreciate you carrying the tune like that. Tell them horns be quiet. Tell them horns be quiet. Well, and the reason I ask Clayton is because we've had um, you're like the third guest I've talked to about band who's like played right. an instrument. I've got a chance to really talk about this, and I always ask about the clarinet players, and they always <laughs> say the same thing. Like there's this thing about clarinet players, like everyone does not like these people. It's like they have a, like how you said, they can be extra. There's a vibe that they give off and everyone, no matter what instrument the person has played, they've said something about the clarinet players. (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying, you know, you know, you know who they are to me. I'm going to tell you who Hmm. the clarinet player is. The clarinet player is that small brother that's got to show the big brother how tough they are. That's who the clarinet player is. You know what I mean? It's like, no, no, no. Watch this, Cornet. I got you. Watch this. I ain't no flute. You act like I'm a flute, but I'm not. You know? You know? You know? Saxophone over there, just long donging it. Like, uh-huh, what you got on this? Oh, watch me. Hold on, hold on. Let me just hold this note for you. Let me get this read right. Let me hold this note for you. You know, man, listen. Used to have me weak. Oh used man. Used to have me weak. Man. Because you know, marching band mm-hmm. used to be a big thing around here. You know? Used to be. Not as much anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was like we had parades galore. And you would see them coming down there, just all in unison in step. Arms all right with their pinkies out. So it's like <laughs> Oh, Don't you want to man. use that pinky? You know? <laughs> okay. That's why your thumb got a callus I, I, on it. I rudely you interrupted it your, your tipping point story so we could bash. <laughs> we just it's stomped all, all on them. <laughs> good memories. Good memories. You know what I mean? Good mm. memories. There was this girl that I used to want to date holler back in high school. She played clarinet. Mm. She was like, nah, bro, I'm good. I'm like, word. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Cool. Let me go back to orchestra. You know, don't mind my business. I'm gonna see what's up with these violinists over here. Oh, right, right, right. Man, Man, oh, man, watch me. Sidebar. Violas told me one of the most race gave me one of the most racially charged compliments I had ever heard at age 13. We sitting around tuning instruments and whatnot. And she's chit-chatting, you know, and I'm chit-chatting over here. And then we started having like a little cross conversation and whatnot. 
And she was talking to some girl about whatever, you know, cute guys and whatnot, right? Mm-hmm. And then she hits me off with this one. She's like, and Clayton. I look. She's like, like, Clayton, you're cute for a black guy. <laughs> oh, word. <laughs> All right, man. You know. Oh, uh, does that mean you're about to buy guy. me lunch? You know, you know. <laughs> Oh, like, right, okay. come on, Miss Lady. Right. I was like, like, okay. I was like, okay. All right. You don't know who, who my mama is, do you? Well, and right. I have to watch you. Let me put a pin in that right. and watch you. Exactly. You know, I won't trust you like that. You about to lie on me about something. <laughs> Thank you. Let's get some air horns. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you about to set me up. You know. Uh, preach. Preach. Crazy, crazy. <laughs> but yeah, that, that that um tipping point was was like, I was like, this ain't what I want to do, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because the fam, though everybody, well, not everybody, but many folks had an um artistic lean, and that we appreciated the arts. It was more like you about to go do something that's gonna be stable, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, when I was like a kid, I was talking about architecture and my grandmother's like, well, you got to be good at math to um, be an architect. I'm like, bet, whatever. So I was good at math and I was like, you know, senior year of high school going, mm, I need a plan because my plan was to go into the service, but they turned me down because I couldn't breathe. So I was like, all right, so I got to do, do this college thing. Let me go get this math major on and I can do this architect thing, you know, and mm-hmm. see what's good. But then I got tired of the math, thought about being a lawyer, did this whole J-term thing, ended up going to the uh, Supreme Court, and I saw um, Thurgood Marshall, like, in person. Mm. Dr. Day O'Connor in person. It blew my mind. Like, I'm sitting there, like, like, that's them. That's the peoples. That's making, you know, that's got the chance, you know. Messed me up. I was like, man, yeah, I want to be a lawyer. And about a week later, I was like, nah, no, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, nah, no, I don't. Kelsey, you have to ride that road all by yourself, man. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to do art. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do art. And so I decided to do it. And um, once I got the um, okay, and that's what it was. It was like talking to the Godfather, and I had to ask permission, felt like, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Cause I told my mom one day while sitting on the couch what my plans were. She didn't even look at me, man. She just stared at TV. She didn't even turn her head. She just mm. stared at TV. I was like, mm, this ain't going away too well. You know, this is not how I thought it was going to go. <laughs> I thought she was going to celebrate with a brother. Right? She been silence down since is not one. golden right now. Man, silence was not golden. She looked like a statue of the Pharaoh. She was just on pause. <laughs> right? I'm like, okay, guys, please say something. Mm-hmm. Then she hit me with the mind you, she's still not, she's still not looking at me. She's like, well, if that's gonna make you happy, then okay. Mm. And I was like, word. Let's make some noise for moms. Yeah, and you know what? Let's talk about how powerful that moment is, right? Because that, yeah. that's a powerful moment. Because here's what here's what happened. There's something that you wanted to do with your life, and regardless of what your mom thought or how she felt, she the unconditional love carried over, 
Mm-hmm. And in that, it's like, hey, if that's what you want to do, if that's going to make you happy, like I would rather you do something that's going to make you happy than you do something that's going to make me happy and you be unhappy. Exactly. And that's what support really is. Exactly. That is what unconditional love is. Regardless of the condition, mm-hmm. I still love you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not this fantasy, no matter what you do to me, boy, in the end of, nah, I'm bouncing. You ain't gonna mistreat me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That ain't, we got conditions on this love, right? Mm-hmm. So, so she was, she was, man, she was, she was like, go for it. As scared as she was to say that, she said it. And it wasn't until I won an art show that she felt like I was gonna be okay. Mm. You know what I mean? She was, you could you could just see the relief in her face like like okay i ain't got to feed this boy forever you know what i mean he's going to be all right right you know he's going to be big, all right the big pieces of chicken add up man listen me and my brother we like to eat too man listen she she was she was trying to like find a way out Right, right. Well, I'm good. I'm glad it's working out. Can you talk a little bit more about the art show and how you got into it? What was the what was your uh, process in making work and coming up with what you were going to show? Wow, wow, wow! All right, let me let me um unpack that a little bit. It was at Crestar Bank Gallery downtown Norfolk off of Main Street, and they had sent out this. uh, No, no, back it up, back it up, back it up. Tidewater Artist Association, TAA, was having a jury show at Crestar Bank. And I found out about TAA from Barkley Sheets, who was my um, professor, you know, my um, painting teacher, mm-hmm. painting guide. And, you know, he was just trying to give us like um, inside scoops on like how to get in the game. And he was like, you know, you got to do shows. You like got to put your work out there. People got to see it. People got to turn you down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I joined this organization. I, I don't know, about $15 or something for students. And I entered the art show. And the piece I entered was Woman with a Remote. What's key about this piece is I painted this piece in one overnight setting. Mm-hmm. Because I had, a, I had a whole painting due the next day in class, right? So... Let's say that it's Wednesday night. It was, it was, that it's like a Tuesday, Thursday class. So <clears throat> I'm in the studio working on what I thought was going to be my painting for Thursday class. Because, you know, sometimes you'd be back to back like that. It was about 11 o'clock at night. And I was like, this, this, this sucks. <laughs> this, this is whack. This is whack. <laughs> you know how you look at your work yeah. and you be like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Yeah, like, yeah. What the? This is, you know how you, you just leave the studio and go for a walk. You know, mm-hmm. I was hungry. Let me get some fresh you know, air. Let me get some fresh air. Let me, let me, let me step outside of myself because my wax self is there. So I left my wax self in the studio. Mm-hmm. Look back at my wax self sitting on the stool, and I just wave my hand like, "Bro, you you need to be gone when I get back." You know. So I come on back, and I'm just standing and I'm staring at this canvas. You know. And I'm like, what is it that I need to say? And I remember this point being that moment of making work. How can I say it? Instead of making work 
that I thought would be good work that um, people might like or just whatever. Mm-hmm. It was about, I need to make some work that I think is dope and it's going to say something and the people going to dig it as a result. Feel me? Right. So, so I just stared at this joint and uh, was just, you know, letting myself come through and allow myself to say what I want to say. So I'm thinking about all these things that mean something to me, where I stand, where I see the world going, what's the drama that's just in my heart all day long. And I came up with this piece called Woman with a Remote because I felt like technology in 1991, was it 91, 92? 1991, I think it was, was just about to be with us in a way that it never was with us before. Because I could just see it. Because I had a pager that was different color. I could change mm-hmm. the case out yeah, and all this yeah, other kind of crazy yeah. mess. And the did you have a clear one? Popping, huh? Did you did you put the clear case on the pager? Oh, I had the clear case, the black case, the pink case, the blue case. <laughs> I bought a case to match my truck. Okay. <laughs> Like I was flavor out this piece. You didn't tell me. Listen, listen, listen. What I'm telling you, my drink, it had the multiple settings because I knew the dude that like owned the Unpager um store. You know, mm-hmm. I got the hot to death joint that just had like it was it was it would blink different colors. You know, mm. I was ready. I was ready. So I'm thinking about this stuff. Wait, now was that the one that had the uh, the screen that was on the face, right? The or... screen was on the face. Right, yeah, okay, okay. You know, I was popping with it, mm-hmm. right? So, 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 like, I always liked technology. I always was irritated when my mama, grandmama, my granddad and my uncle, somebody would make me be the remote to the TV. And I thought that the remote was very, uh, um, was was just a wonderful motif to say we're getting things that we don't need because cable was popping by then. Cable had come out earlier, mm-hmm. but cable was really popping. You got all these channels that you really don't watch. Right. You got all the stuff that you really don't need. It's telling you what to watch. You don't want to watch this stuff, but it shows up and you go, oh, let me watch it. You didn't know this stuff existed, but here it is in front of you kind of telling you what to do. Right. So. I decided I need to paint a person and I was like, she needs to be blue. Painted a blue lady. I was like, she needs to have this abstract hair. She needs to have this abstract hair. I put a raven on the back because, you know, quote the raven nevermore, right? Mm-hmm. Put the a raven in a cage. I had some life with this plant going on and she was pointing the remote at the view. Nice. Bright red, straight from the can um, um, background, all of the colors were pure straight from the jar because I was literally painting with colored gessos back then. I missed the Utrecht brand before they got bought. Sorry about the plug, but it was like nice, strong, strong gesso was cheaper and thicker than a regular paint was. Mm. So, so that's what I was rocking with. And I painted this piece and it took me all night and I showed it the next day and folks lost their mind. Like, wow, that's, that's, that's sick. Mm. I entered that piece into that show maybe about i don't know a month later the light show came up entered that piece and i won an award of excellence slash what was it second place in painting nice and i'm showing with professional artists you mm-hmm. feel me so i was like yeah this is what i'm gonna do mm-hmm. this 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 is my joint right this is my joint right here and so i was painting 
these colored people, but they looked like black people featured, but they were color, like they were blue, they were green, they were red, mm -hmm. you know, um, they were gray sometimes. And then, of course, I throw some um, natural skin up in there sometimes, but most of the time I was just painting with these colored tones because I didn't want people to bring race to the piece because mm -hmm. too often, because every time just about you see a black person, it's political, right? We're never a human being. We're always a black person, right? So See, it's like I times want to have them bring that. Times, huh? times have changed, Clayton. You know, I said like, I think right after George Floyd, you know, was murdered, I said now uh, 2020 is the year everybody started painting black folks. And if right. you really look at like how art moved, art the art movement moved as such. Like now you see... And, and predominantly it used to be people of color painting people of color or people mm -hmm. who had um, loved ones, right? Friends or family who would paint people of color. But now I find it's like, you know, there's a real search for black models in the art community. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, and, and I think that's crazy. cool. You it's know, yeah, 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 definitely. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Be be because when Clayton was out here in um, Hampton Roads, painting these realistic black people it was like oh you, you feel me mm -hmm. when yeah. um, i was painting black people in real life situations not being a quote-unquote black person but just being a person it was like oh you know what i mean then it was mm -hmm. like okay y'all don't feel me fine i'm gonna keep doing it yeah <laughs> you know i really don't care mm -hmm. y'all gonna be all right one day but now you're right it's like the thing you know what I'm saying? Like, it's the thing. Whereas in, what, 1995 or so, I was, like, doing a festival. And, of course, I had all of my black people painted, you know, got I got all my naturalized skin. And um, I, like, uh, did this show called My Family, My Life, where I went through old photo albums and painted people in my family. Nice. Right? And so I had these, like, three-by-three-foot paintings, three-by-four-foot paintings, stretched on canvas, hanging outside in, in this grassy field. And the news reporter came up. I'm like, oh, snap. I was about to get some airtime. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I need some marketing right now. Right? Right? So, you know, she looked at the stuff. And I saw her turn and said, motion to the camera guy to, like, come here. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so he came on over and she had a microphone. She was like, hi, some, some, some. I say, clink, 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 da, 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 da. She's like, would you mind if, if um, I interview um, interview you with like a few questions? I'm like, I don't mind at all. I got my white t-shirt on. I'm good. Come on, even got my hair cut. I'm ready. You know, ask me some questions. I'm clean out here. Right, I'm clean out here in this grassy knoll. So, so like, you know, she turns the dude and does a little motion thing for him to start recording. And back then, you know, cameras sat on your shoulder. Mm -hmm, so, yeah. you know, I see the little light come on and dude looking at me and I'm looking at her. She's like, yep, yep. Mm -hmm, just look straight at me. I'm like, great. And, and I'm ready. Lick my lips because, you know, I'm I'm about to be on camera. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she looks at me. She brings the mic to her mouth. She's like, so you're out here at um, Stockley Gardens. How is the show going for you so far? Oh, the show is going great. Da, 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 da. She's like, okay, well, do you find it difficult being a black artist selling your work to people? And put the mic in my face. I was like, no, she didn't. 
I said, actually, no. She's like, no. She's like, do you have any difficulty being a black artist? And put it back in my face. I'm like, actually, no. And she turned to the camera dude after looking me in my eyes mm -hmm. and did the cut motion with her hand. Yeah. And dude dropped the camera down mm -hmm. and they walked away. Yeah. I was like, see, this is what's wrong. Yeah. This exactly. is what's wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is what's wrong. Yep. And, well, and to your point, I'll like to piggyback off of the story. Um, I think that what people don't realize is we experience more hardship outside of painting and artwork than we do mm -hmm. inside of it. Right. Exactly. Because like once we get over here, there's like an equal field. It's like, okay, it's all skill based. It's all based right. on what you can do with your paint and your brush. So it's like, right. no, this is like, no, I don't experience that in painting. But right now you asking me this because people come into my studio. Clayton, what it is. Yeah. And they do that <laughs> to me. And it's like, I understand what you're trying to do, but no, it's not like that. And then this is what you're trying to, what you just asking me, this is perpetuating what you're trying to get away from. Exactly. So, you know, exactly. and I always tell people, I say like, you go have those conversations because the thing is Clayton, what they don't realize is like a racist person, like that really feels a way they're probably not going to come into our bubble. Right. And exactly. if they do, once they get a chance to talk to us, then we're able to change the way that they view stuff as long as they have their ears open. But right. for the most part, we're not the ones going to racist family dinners. We're not the ones like hanging out, like, right? Like that's not right. what we're, so it's like, you guys have those conversations. Instead of asking me, just don't ask me and just fight that battle when I'm not around. And then that way we don't feel the effects of it. Right. It's wild. Mm -hmm. It's wild. I'm like, I'm like, come on now. You, you, I'm um, sounding like the, um, sound like the, um, viola player from um junior high school right right it's like you won't let me live you know what i mean like stop playing <laughs> so let's lighten the mood up I, I you know i like to ask guests um clayton because we we've been deep into the art we're about 38 minutes deep into art right now so let's get to oh, some of the were. bs right so right. it's time to, to to get to some of the bs so you have a chance to host either a dinner party or a poker game with five people dead or alive who are these five people oh do you know how crazy the question is right mm -hmm. you know i did a piece called the dinner party Ooh. right and it's got people i want to invite to the dinner party that's hard that's hard right so let me let me let me just grab some people that's um in the painting uh nina simone mm. I need Nina. I need um, Barkley Hendricks. I need Jean-Michel Basquiat. Mm -hmm. I need, um, which of the two do I want? I need to have Malcolm and I need to have Maya. Okay. Come. There That's we go. what I need. I like That's what it. I need. I like it. That's what I need. That's what I need. Nina, Maya, Malcolm, Jean-Michel and Barkley. Hold on, we have, we have to get a drop for that one. Check out the big brain on Brad. You're a smart motherfucker, that's right. 
Okay, okay. We we got we have to get that one. And that's a cold blooded lineup right there. I, I yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. Oh man. Good stuff. So um I'm curious because you paint and do you paint primarily acrylic or no? Yes. Okay. Yep. So now yep. what I made started the... dabbling with some oils again? Because mm -hmm. I really don't do oils because we got a poor history together. So um mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, just you know, fumes and asthma don't really go together. Got you. You know, turpentine, and I used to work in a frame shop that they had a oil painting class going on in the next room. Mm -hmm. Was not good days for me to go to work. Mm. So, so I am a um, acrylic guy, and it kind of fits my lifestyle. Okay. Now, have you tried using Gamsol as like your mineral spirits or your paint thinner? Yes, I done ran through the gamut. Okay. Ran through the gamut, okay. and I was like, you know what? No, nah, because even just the paint itself <clears throat> was like a little extra for me, you know. Got you, okay. You yep. know, and and that's the thing too is is you know I I like to tell listeners, and you know just always say it, it's all about the artist it's not really about the medium you know i mean you can do things with acrylic you can do things with oil it's really right. all about you but yeah health and safety is definitely a um that's a big part you know because we have to stay alive long enough to make these paintings right <laughs> true that true that you know ain't no need to undo a hot piece and then drop dead afterwards mm -hmm. that's, that's not gonna work right that's not gonna work Definitely. So now, um, you've kind of, you've been some publications on the cover of magazines and, and, you know, kind of had a, a nice run as far as like your artistic career. Um, right. So now I'm curious on, on, you know, back to the art. Cause we'll get actually hold on before we get back to the art, a little bit more BS. What type okay. of music have you been painting to lately? Man, everything. Um, Oh, uh, shucks. What um, was I listening to earlier? <laughs> Yesterday, I was um, listening to some um, um, 80s electronic funk slash pre-hip-hop slash breakdance music. You know, <laughs> everybody from um, Nucleus with Jam on it to uh, uh, Planet Rock to just uh, Egyptian Lover. Like, I was just on it. You know, and then what? A couple of days before that, I was listening to some Bobby uh, McFerrin. Uh, Luther works a lot because he has an even tone mm -hmm. to his songs because I like that middle tone. Uh, Luther Sade works a lot because of that middle tone. What's your favorite Sade album? Uh, favorite Sade album? Mm -hmm. <sighs> That's hard. Exactly. Yeah. That's hard. <laughs> yep. mm -hmm. That's hard. Mm. Yeah, you don't get two. Usually I get people two or three. No, we're doing one. One? <laughs> yeah, one. That's it. Gosh, one? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. um. <sighs> and there I is no right answer. I want to say Diamond Life, and I, and I um, want to say... Um, God, I just lost my train of thought. Um, uh, shot deluxe. Okay, um, love deluxe. Love, um, love deluxe. Yeah, but, but like you know, Diamond Life is just. Mm -hmm. I like a lot of artists' early works because it's like a lot of their 
that's the one that they've been writing the like first two albums they've been writing those all their lives mm-hmm. so it's like it's like bam but then when you get to something like love deluxe it's like i got this thing now mm-hmm. you know what i mean but what about lovers like, rock though like she was a master but see, at that point. but see lovers rock was like i don't know because the um she was i don't know what she was going through or transitioning from but I mean, it's strong, but I don't want to play it all the time. Mm. You feel me? Yeah. Like, yeah, Love Deluxe know, definitely gets more spins as yeah. far as like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, 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 but Love is Rock is strong, but I want to play it all the time. That's like playing Chopin. It's like you're going <laughs> to jump off a bridge at some point. It's just, <laughs> yo, can I get some, mm. can I, can I, do something different. <laughs> oh, she was on some like real sad stuff. Lovers Rock was like, you know, she had that song Immigrant, which was a real good. I played Yo, that on the episode. That was a good one. Man, that jank. <laughs> when it starts out, it sounds like you in a cold, dark, desolate, long walk to the to the wherever you living mm-hmm. under the lean to. It was it's it's just Mm. But beautiful. Sade is like, man, listen, I recall people talking badly about her in the grocery store when she first came out with mm. um, Sweetest Taboo. And I thought to myself, why are y'all being hateful? I was maybe about 13, 14 years old. I'm like, why are y'all being hateful to this woman with this, the, with this smooth voice? And all they talked about was how big her forehead was <laughs> and um, how big her lips were. Oh, and man. I'm like, Y'all hating over here. Yep. Y'all hate. Let this woman sing her song mm-hmm. with her little jeans on, mm-hmm. with her little dance. Stop. Well, because you have to think about it. Most of the like the songstresses that we had held up until that point were not smooth singers. They were really robust. Like yeah. they could do it all, you know. And right. Sade was not that. She was smooth, low key, and could touch your heart, but through the back door. Exactly. She had a range and she worked that range. Mm-hmm. She went in Patty, feel me? Mm-hmm. She went in um, Retha, Diana, mm-hmm. somebody, you know, or even Whitney. Minnie, or Whitney. Whitney was killing the game. Mm-hmm. See, because that's the thing. Whitney was running the game when Sade was like, so everybody wanted to compare. Really, if you think about it, like you have Whitney like killing it and then Sade's like, but also i think maybe that's that you know being from europe and things like that you, you get the different flavor right um, right right yeah good stuff man oh wow so now do you have uh are, are there some shows that you have coming up that you can talk about yeah yeah man um i got a show that i'm working on now that i'm um that I'm not quite feeling stressed yet, mm-hmm. but stress will probably kick in, in about two weeks. Okay. You know, there's a show that I'm working on called Norfolk Republic. And um, basically it's like, uh, I don't even know what you really want to call it. It's like an analysis and a sharing of Norfolk history and Norfolk now, mm. right? So the um, basis of this is that I want to kind of compare contrast 
Norfolk experiences of different Norfolkians during different times. Mm. One way to do that is to address where people live because, you know, Norfolk, um, like many other areas, we used to draw these red lines for black people and limited for them. There was a, one of the first gentrification things that happened in our city. One of the first ones was when they um, chopped off part of the um, neighborhood called Ghent and what was our Harlem, if you will, uh, part of like church street. And they moved the black people out and said, Hey, y'all get to come back when we finish. Well, of course, you know, that priced everybody out. They did this and that, that third. They moved the black people to like different other neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And I'm always curious about, it's almost like the um, Wakanda effect, right? What would have happened if people were able to have stayed where they were? Mm, right? right. So, so it's like, I want to juxtapose portraits of people who currently live in the area, for example, where those slum-like areas or poor-like areas where they moved black people from, mm-hmm. I want to use those archived photos of those areas from like the um, 20s, uh, 40s, and 50s and superimpose contemporary portraits of the people who live in that area on that street now. Mm you know, and kind of force that conversation and kind of look at the history, look at the change that has happened. You know, I want to uh, take um, Ocean View, which is one of our 13 beaches in the area, mm-hmm. which which um, we um, used to have a place called Community Beach. And it was a place where that's the beach where black people could go. Mm. then you know that left and the beach was for everybody and everybody enjoyed the beach but then they started chopping the beach down and chopping it up again and now there's this beautiful wonderful place called east beach where they built all these fabulous million dollar homes Mm, you know damn right so i want to deal with or showcase or talk about or hear people's stories, right? Because some of these stories are going to be about the beautiful times that we spent playing with fireflies in the street during the summer. Some of these stories are like going to be about how this house has been in our family for four generations. You feel me, right? Like, yeah. like um, I just want to get a human history, not just the stuff that's in our textbooks, not just the Norfolk 17 which, you know, I have done work with before, but that's like one of our major histories. Um, um, Massive Resistance, one of our major histories. Douglas MacArthur, one of our major histories. Like, I don't want to only hear about the events of major histories. I want to hear about the history of the people who have lived here. You know, what are their stories? The stories of the regular people that go to work for like 40 years. Well, what and, are their and the beauty is, as as an artist, we are the documentarians of this. Right. Like, so th- it's like, let's create these narrative paintings so we can show what really is happening and what has happened and create these conversations. And I think exactly. that's it's really important as artists to operate 
Um, and like you had said earlier on, talking about making work that resonates with you, that you think is is, is nice, that you think is official, you know. And and mm-hmm. uh, I see a lot of artists, uh, Clayton, and, and this seems to be a thing with like the younger artists. They have um, it's like a looking for subject matter. And in looking for subject matter, they use that as like a, a tool for engagement, right? In in crowd engagement. But I think right. like the I think the the bad part about that is is it it creates this um it creates like a persona of like uh, artists willing to like do circus tricks, right? Like, hey, what do you think <laughs> I should paint? Hey, paint a bear on a unicycle. Whereas like another artist will say, well, if you want me to paint a bear on a unicycle, I'm going to need half down and half upon completion. Right. So right, 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 right. I think that, um, having, having a voice or at least attempting to find your voice and attempting to find what you want to say is a large part of art. And mm-hmm. you can get a lot of times, like it's you people as artists, we have to keep our eyes on our own canvas, you know, and not right. get um, get impressed or get like get depressed by what other artists are doing and think like, hey, what what I, what do I want to say? What life experience has, you know, em, embarked or imparted emotion? And then that way I can get that out to the people exactly. because the more specific the stories are to you, the more they can resonate with other people, right? Exactly, exactly, because it's about authenticity, right? Mm-hmm. That's how that's how you work from from a voice, right? Is about this authenticity. One of the paintings in which um, is real dope to me personally, speaking of personal, mm-hmm. because it's of me. I haven't had a painting of me in a show in a minute. Are you talking about like, the one with the butterflies? Oh no, this is different. Uh, you got some new this stuff? Is, man, listen. This joint right here, this joint right here, this this um little small three foot by four foot painting is uh is a uh, no, hold on, is um forty by sixty. Mm. It's of me, it's me standing in color, it's standing in front of the insurance office that my dad opened over on Bramington Avenue in the seventies. And he was like the man that did it. That's hard. Right. Right. And I'm standing in front of his storefront. Mm. Feel me. And this, and it's got his name on the glass. Nice. Right. As years went on, long story shorter, as he would say, I remember the day I scraped all that writing off the window because yeah. It was like, he was like, I'm not in that business anymore. And I scraped the stuff off the window and it was saddening for him and for me because it was like end of an era, right? My dad had a phone in his car in the 70s. Oh, he was doing it. He was doing it. Yeah, he was doing this it. Dude, this dude gave me uh, Electra 225, you know, deuce and a quarter that he used to ride around in and the phone was still there. Of course it was as big as a suitcase. Yeah. You know, it was huge and it was heavy, but this dude had a phone. Like, yeah, he was on another level. Feel me. (laughs) And yet this dude was writing poetry. 
Mm. Right. And I say that because the stories that I got and the way he kind of, you know, came off once we like officially met when I was 13, we had met before, but I didn't know that that's who he was. Mm -hmm. Right. So learning all these stories and then finding out like you got that you were on the literary magazine team. Oh, okay. Holla at your boy. Mm -hmm. You know, so making these personal pieces just makes the piece better. You know, like it just rings true. And I feel like I can bring that conversation and make that connection with another human being who has a similar life experience. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Norfolk Republic, man. It's going to be a great show. So um, do you, is there a tentative date for this show? Opens uh, July 9th, mm. 2021. Okay. Hence the stress factor. Yep. So if you guys are in the Norfolk area, because it's the Norfolk, correct? Or yep. Um, in Norfolk, it's um, going to be at um, Offsite Gallery, which is basically a repurposing of space in MacArthur Center, which was the main mall before the malls started closing down mm. wow yeah so it's like a, a gallery within the mall almost if you can look at it look at it that way okay so yeah we're definitely we, we will share that once we get you know our hands on the flyer if you guys are in the area go and check it out some wonderful paintings so now I'm. Uh, I'd like to talk about because you said the malls clothing closing. And I'm curious, right. like, how did the whole COVID thing affect you? Oh, I was loving it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was loving it. You know, be like, what you mean you can't go outside? A word? Yeah. You know what I mean? Drove my wife stir crazy, but she'd be all right. Like, I, I was, I was good i was gucci mm -hmm. because you know i'm in the house yeah <laughs> i'm I, I i got amazon you know um i got like eight grocery stores that are like around the corner um while while up the street i'm good and i did art and i taught classes and it was nice to just be you know teaching the class and i'm on the porch or, you know, students hit me up on the Remind app at 10 at night and I respond because they weren't in class today, but that was okay because they got the work done. Like, I was good. I was chilling. You know, now, as an asthmatic, was it a little nerve-wracking at times when I might go outside and people looking like, you know, the, like they were just waiting for the apocalypse? It was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. Let mm -hmm. me make sure... Watch me. I was rocking my um 95 before we had to rock them. And <laughs> I had the real joint. The real. I worked at the shipyard in 95 with the I yellow the bands. M's, not the janky sides, stuff. The 3M. You know I mean? Man, look. I Because I doing the type of work I do and mm -hmm. all this other kind of stuff. I buy this kind of stuff. And I was like, I got a whole sleeve of these. I'm good. I walked in the food line, people looking at me like, oh, he one of them people that's taking it too far. <laughs> da, 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 da. I'm like, whatever. 
did. I feel a little awkward. Yeah, a little, but I was. I don't care. Well, but to I be fair, rocking and also as an asthmatic, you really have right. to be careful. Exactly. You know, I have been deathly ill. I have. They told me about the time that a flatline. So I'm. So I'm good. Y'all mm-hmm. can look at me however you want to look at me because you're gonna be able to look at me tomorrow. You yeah. feel me? Yeah. And about two weeks later. Um, Ralph Northam was like, yeah, y'all need to rock these masks. Virginia not playing with y'all. Otherwise, you can't go anywhere. I don't care what you say. I'm a doctor. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. <laughs> and he shut the state down. Mm-hmm. You know? So, yeah. So, you know, I was good and did art. And I, you know, watched some stuff on TV. And I made neat little videos for my kids in school. And was hanging out with the grandkids because they were here because they were doing virtual learning too. And now, were you teaching online before COVID hit? No, nope, nope. All of all of all of um, my online was um, strictly a COVID thing. Mm. You know. Yeah. Now, which so, do you uh, prefer, going through the experience and having both? As far as the teaching aspect, I prefer in person mm-hmm. because my student body, they they actually prefer in person because, you know, they actually listen to what I say in my face right. versus me using a um, docu-cam after they've sent me their work and I'm using the iPad to draw on top of their work, shotting it, pulling it, sending it back to them and say, yeah, do that. Mm-hmm. And they looking at me like, show me again. And I'm like, all right. And I using the docu camera and it's going through and then they internet go out or they got a whack connection or they rocking a Chromebook and it's <laughs> no, it's it's like too much. And then and then look, why wow, here's all the crazy part. Everybody had all these different platforms. You know what I mean? Some kids had the um regular PC. Some kids had the iPad. Some kids had a Chromebook. Uh, Some kids had the iMac. Then they mess around and, you know, my district has like, I don't know, um, it's got a good mix of everybody don't always have money. Mm -hmm. So so it's like the school system purchased um, hotspots and purchased computers and iPads and additional stuff that we had already kind of had, but they gave them more stuff. And so the kids' stuff didn't always work, and it was a hassle. Mm. And then, you know, kids would disengage, and they would be like, I don't want to do this. I'm like, but you got to do it. I ain't doing it. Kids wouldn't show up. You know, mm-hmm. you calling the house. You know they there. Nobody answering the phone. <laughs> you know, you like going to the house. People look at, looking. People literally look through the blinds and shut the blinds. I'm like, see, this is why right here. <laughs> This is why it's a problem right here. Although there were some kids who were appreciative, you know, and parents were appreciative, say, yes, can you bring my son a packet? Sure, I'll bring him a packet. Where you live? We live here. <clears throat> okay, I drive by that street sometime, but you know what? It's for you, I'm coming, you know? I'm coming. Because usually we keep going. <laughs> we keep going, you know? But me being who I am, what did, what did um um Jigga say that I'm um um good on any MLK Boulevard? Mm-hmm. So you know that pretty much rings true. But it's still crazy because the bangers winging, waving at me. You know, Singleton, <laughs> what's up, man? 
Be like, yo, how come, how come, um, how come, um, you ain't um come back last year, man? You know. All right, back. <laughs> oh, Real talk, you know what I mean? Real talk. Well, because oh. the thing is, they want to talk to the artist. You know, it's like a, you right. like it's an interesting conversation with you, but you're just like, nah, right. okay. <laughs> oh man, I might work you, you know? into a painting sometime, but other than that, nah, man. Right, you know what I mean? You know. Oh, that's great. Yeah, well, that's it, it's good to see that. Um, that as a teacher, you know, you're taking the the initiative and things like that because that's teaching is like it's like being a nurse. You have to really want to do it. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Because um, I will call out a whack teacher in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. You know, I will call him out um out loud. I'm sorry to do it, but it has to be done. <laughs> it has to be done. It has to be done. Okay, okay, watch me, watch me, watch. Me. If you have time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a little video of me on YouTube talking to a talking to an arena of teachers, and I had to tell some of them as politely as I could. Um, if you don't like kids, you need to get out of the profession, mm-hmm. because I understand it's a check, and I get that. But you messing with people's lives. Yeah, you know the stuff you say stays. It's that simple. The stuff you say stays. So when you mistreat Jaheem or 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 Anthony or you tell Kelvin, no, nah, that ain't gonna work. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. And you got you can't mistreat other people's kids like that. You can't mistreat your own kids or any other person for that matter. But you dealing with a developing ego, developing mind, developing heart, and you're crushing them. Yep with your evil words, with your non-kindness, with your, I don't want to be here. I'm only here for the check. Well, this ain't Subway. This right. somebody, this is somebody like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. And I think another part of it is recognizing the parts. It's like recognizing what is in this child that's going to blossom into something else because there's different qualities that need to be nurtured instead of nipped in the bud, you know? Exactly. And for me, a lot of, I had some teachers who would nurture, but then I had some teachers who tried to like, you know, nip it in the bud. And for some reason, I think that uh, because of my personality, it wasn't like I, I kept growing back. You know, right, right, and, right, and, right. and now we're here, you know, and I'm able to talk to artists and, you know, create work and things like that. But these are the sort of things that in my, uh, you know, adolescence, it was seen as like, a, um, you know, as like a bad quality. So mm-hmm. I think as as being and then, but then there are some teachers who knew like, OK, there's something here. You know, like, OK, this is going to turn into something later. Um, exactly. But yes, which is why they put you in charge of the group. Mm-hmm. You know, they make yep. you the um presenter they um you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. to be a good teacher not even a great teacher but to be a good teacher you need to be able to see your kids you need to be able to see who they are not just who they are to you you need to be able to see what they are not what they are to you and you need to be able to see their skill sets what is it about them that demonstrates their abilities and you get them to practice those that's your job as a teacher as a guide that's your job is to see it 
and then set the context for them to flourish in it. That's your whole job. And if you can't do that, you need to go get another application from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it is, it's a, it's an important part of society and hopefully, you know, if you guys are listening to this and you're in the teaching field, you're leading with love, you know, and That's if right. you're, leading with something else take a deep breath count to five and reevaluate you know the the feelings you have for these children and what exactly. we're really doing it for exactly mm-hmm. so you know? so you have a show coming up um right? so i'm curious so like how does it are you do you typically work uh for like art shows or do you take commissions from this different institutions how does how does that kind of work out I do a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, people from like people to like institutions will like contact me to do a show, do a piece. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've got prices and sizes online for like personal people that just want to go on and say, Hey, I want a picture of my granddaddy. All right, great. Go online, check it out. Get back with me. Let mm-hmm. me know what's working with you. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, before we go into any things, it's a matter of these things cost money. Um, because these things cost time mm-hmm. and it's about getting you what you need, you know, and uh, I want to do that for people as efficiently and as best as I can. You know, when it comes to um, museums contacting me like uh, Mocha uh, contacted me to uh, do this show called Nourish, which is basically about different aspects of food in our lives. Mm. Right. And so some people chose to work on uh, how um, food is grown. Some some artists chose to work on how food affects family. I chose to work on food insecurity and on um, food um, just uh, food on um, food um, injustices, right? Mm. And so I did this really sweet piece, and I say it's sweet because it's sweet. And this is really sweet piece. <laughs> I did this really sweet piece called Far From Mana. And it basically gives a history lesson as to why these people, these particular people in the painting, live in a food desert. And it's just a really, really, really powerful piece. And, you know, I did it based on the way that I like to do work is I like to find out about the person that I'm painting, right? Because mm-hmm. this isn't just a picture of you. If um, you want a picture of you, I'm not the guy to see, right? Mm-hmm. If you want a picture of you, you need to go take a photograph or something and hang it up. But if you want a piece of artwork that's really going to speak to who you are as a human being, then you come see me because we're going to have conversations we're going to I'm going to ask you questions that is almost like um, I'm basically interviewing you so that I can paint your autobiography, excuse me, so that I can basically paint your biography. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's um, that type of thing. So, you know, when uh, people contact me, this is what I'm looking to do. And um, Mocha said, uh, we want you to do your thing. And so I did my thing. And uh, gosh, Drake just turned out wonderful. Like I'm working on a mural now for this other um, museum, mm-hmm. um, Hermitage Museum. And they all came to me and said, we have these ideas. What do you think? And I'm like, 
I think this and I think that. They're like, great, do that. And I was like, cool. And then what was also great is that they allow me to actually be involved on the um, supplemental things about the show. Because you know how like a show has the pieces that you see, mm-hmm. but then um, there are all these other educational components, mm-hmm. all of um, these other talks. Yeah, mm-hmm. they want community programs, things like that, right? Exactly, mm-hmm. yep. exactly. So I'm fortunate enough that I get asked sometimes to be involved in that part as well, mm-hmm. right? Which is just a beautiful circle that I can actually create a piece. I can share with the people about my piece. Then I can help the people understand other pieces, bring it out to the community. Like it's this whole entrenched way of being that is just, you know, living your life through art and just not just doing it. But you in the community are also a part of this thing. This isn't just about people hanging pictures on the wall, people standing stuff on the floor, people hanging stuff from the ceiling, projecting stuff onto objects. It's about the life we live and like the life we live together mm-hmm. and how we actually connect through these things. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, I look forward to the opportunities that come like that, you know, because they're structured and I like that. Well, not only that, I think w- when I hear you talk about this, I'm like, whoa, like that same kid, like young Clayton Singleton at seven years old is going to come into this and then he's going to see your like he comes and sees your work and mm-hmm. then like you've created a whole new generation of artists right. by paying it forward right it's a beautiful thing mm-hmm. man this is yeah i love it i love it it's yeah it's definitely exciting and and there's some uh stuff that we'll talk about after the show that we're working over uh we're working on over on this side that i think you might be interested in um, oh, say word. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Mm. So we're we're kind of hitting the tail end, but I'm curious. I have a few more questions on on the BS end okay. because we got a, a ton of art questions going. So like, hey, um, okay. So as far as because because I'm a big like connoisseur of food, Clayton. So I'm curious um, if you when you go like let's say you were you were you, you you hit mom up and you're like hey mom i need comfort food i want you to make me like the thing that's going to make me feel the best because i'm down and i need you to bring me back and lift my spirits up what's like the classic meal that your mom would make or or maybe my grandma mom. depending on whichever one you'd like to pick the classic comfort food or like whatever dish you know you would go and they would hook it up to to lift your spirits up my mom's going to make me some gravy. Okay. She's going to make me a pot roast and she's going to make me some hand whipped mashed potatoes. Might even have a couple of lumps in them. And she's going to hit me off with, with a pot of cabbage. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's been slow cooked like overnight or something, you know, yeah. that that's going to be the meal. That's going to be the meal. You know, like, man, I used to miss going. I, it's been a minute since 2007, God rest his soul. Mm-hmm. I have that taste in my mouth right now talking. Man. Like, it's, it's, it is just like, that is the meal. So did that she put the roast the in the plastic bag? Oh, yes, she did. Man, look, <laughs> she put the roast in the plastic bag. She had the carrots, the celery, the onions. Mm-hmm. 
every now and then she might throw some tomatoes in there to get a little sweetness in it. You feel me? Yeah. Man, listen, she put that jank on slow broil. It was all day. House Jeff, hot. House hot. You hear me? Hot. Oh, the oven man. just just cooking gas oven mm-hmm. just cooking all sides and then she would peel those potatoes that's been hanging in the basket for too long you know <laughs> they're probably about to grow some roots yeah, on their roots yeah. you know what i mean she get there start skinning those potatoes cutting them janks then she mm-hmm. cube them up and she mash them drink man listen mm-hmm. oh my god God. So okay, what type of butter. desserts though? What type of dessert would oh, she cook? Man, man, watch me. The classic yellow cake with chocolate icing. <laughs> classic. She made me that cake every birthday. That that was a birthday cake. Every birthday. Mm-hmm. That okay. was the cake. Classic. Every birthday. Classic yellow with the with the chocolate icing. That was my joint. Nice. I'm a simple kind of dude. Okay. You know? You know? Got like you. every birthday. That was my cake. And some some birthdays it would be leaning. You know, like, Ma, what happened to the cake? Shut up, boy. It's in there, ain't it? You right. You right. You right. You right. Let me go get this. Let me go get this knife because you don't have a cake knife. Never. Yeah. yeah. So let me just get this butter knife mm-hmm. and this fork and work this out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. You know, Clayton, I'm a big fan of German chocolate cake. Oh, 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 wow. That's got layers to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's got multiple tastes mm-hmm. in the bite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's rich. Yeah. You got to chew that slowly. You, you can't even chew it at first. You got to just put that in your mouth and just, just set, just set with it for a moment. Let your taste bud wake up and get off work. Oh, Lord. He got the German chocolate up in here. They, they shaking other taste buds, waking them up. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Y'all better hurry up before he chew. <laughs> better hurry up before he chew. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good cake. That's a good cake. Mm-hmm. That's a good cake. You yeah. shouldn't eat a whole lot of it at one time, though. Mm-hmm. You know, you yeah. know. What do you What do you um drink with that? What do you sip with that? Do you do a um liquor or do you do just like a regular drink? Nah, just regular like water or yeah, something like that. Cause you, I'm really uh, as far as liquor, it has to be an occasion for me to drink, right? Because right, right. alcohol makes me sleepy. So like two drinks, <laughs> three drinks in, and I'm sleep in the corner somewhere. Uh, I feel you. I feel you. Cause it's like I don't, I don't um, drink at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I might sip on New Year's or somebody got a wedding, mm-hmm. you know, I might have, okay, 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 yes, I'm in the cookout for three hours. Yes, I'll drink. What is this? This is, what is this? <laughs> mm. All right, yeah, take that back, take that back. I'm good, I'm good. No, 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 I'm good. I got this crushed orange soda I'm, 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 I'm working with, oh, and I got man. this mango juice, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm good. You know, I feel you. I feel you on that. Yeah. Good stuff, man. So, you know, we appreciate you coming out. We've This has been a blast, Clayton. Um, so, now, do you have any shout-outs you want to give? Man, I got to shout my wife out, man. Shout-out to Kim. You know, shout-out to my son, Jared. Shout-out to my daughter, Kelly. They always doing what it is they need to do. You know, always proud of me no matter what happens, and um, I appreciate that. Shout-out to my family for always letting me roll through, even though I act like I live in a whole other country. 
You know, that's, that's that's love though. That's love. You know what I mean? Like I ain't seen this boy. He lived three miles from me. I ain't seen this man. Still welcome me in, feed me food. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, like like you know, that's just uh, life and love. And you know, shout out to Lake Teller and all my people in Norfolk, man. This is like my city. This is my city, and it's like um, love it here. Love my people. And shout out to y'all for like having me. Like this is dope because it's a lot of people that y'all could have had and you chose me. And I appreciate that. Like I really, really do. Well, and then this is, you know, you and I, we've been corresponding for like two months because right. I think that you were really busy and like the February thing, like that scheduling, I really, I hit everybody up at the last minute. So right, right. we've, we've been working on this. So I appreciate um, this. I appreciate you making this seamless and effortless. Man, no problem at all. No problem. So I can come back anytime. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, bad. Yeah, we'll definitely have you back. We love that. Um, so now, where can they catch you at on the web? ClaytonSingleton.com. They can catch me there. They can catch me on um Instagram doing some goofy stuff sometimes. Um, um, Clayton Singleton artist. Those are my main two joints. Uh, of course, Facebook. Just type in Clayton Singleton. And I come right up, you know, if you um, Google me, that sounds ridiculous. But if you Google me, then uh, you find out everything I got going on, where I am, where I've been, what projects I'm involved in and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. And and we'll put um, the links to your information in the description to the episode also. Cool. That'll work. Fantastic. Okay, you guys. You could be anywhere on the internet, but you're here with us and we appreciate that. Catch us again next week. Same BS time, same BS channel. Once again, this some shit I just thought of y'all. Scientific fiction that's not admissible in no court of law. I'm out of here like Vladimir. James Drill's over and out. I told you from the go. I told you from the get go. You don't got to go home, but you got to go. Art and Bullshit Podcast. (laughs)